Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. This report brought to you by Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, visit crystalglass.ca. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Friday night. I think the days of the week are scrambled over the Christmas break and with the hockey season. It is Friday night, right, Kellen? It's my Tuesday, so... It's your Tuesday. Uh, Yeah, I guess kind of for me, too, because I went back to work yesterday. That's okay. NHL tonight, all these games in the third period. Toronto with a 3-1 lead in Columbus. The Islanders have come from behind to lead the Senators 4-3. And the Canadians and Panthers are tied 2-2 with 13 minutes left. The Oil Kings just getting underway at Rogers Place against the Calgary Hitmen. And the Magic lead the Raptors 103-82 with five and a half minutes left in the fourth. World Juniors, 14 minutes left in the second period. Russia up 1-0 on the Czech Republic. Canada plays the Czech Republic tomorrow. Spengler Cup earlier today, Canada over Nuremberg, 6-2. Canada advances to the semifinals on Sunday. Opponent, TBA. Kyler Yamamoto is up from the minors. Eight points in 11 games with the Bakersfield Condors. You saw him earlier this season with the Oilers and obviously at the start of last season as well. Alex Chason is on injured reserve. Valentin Zikoff has been placed on waivers. Uh, we will see what happens with him. I would imagine they would assign him to Bakersfield if he clears. Drake Kajula expected to play tomorrow after missing yesterday's game with an illness. Jason Garrison, uh, not the same type of illness as uh, Kajula. He might need another day to recover, though he did practice today. That's your update on the Oilers. And you can get more on 630Ched.com. My name is Reed Wilkins. You can call me at 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Bermuda Boy, texting in. Now, we had Bermuda Boy in studio last week. He says, Reed, and he used a word I had to look up, which I, I, I never mind being educated, Kellen. Okay. Hitch would be the last one to use the diaphanous Oilers defense as an excuse. So let's... Do you know what diaphanous means? No, that's uh, one of those $500 words. I like to just <laughs> use 10 and $20 words. It is a uh, big word characterized by such fineness of texture as to permit seeing through, characterized by extreme delicacy of form. It's insubstantial vague. So he's saying hmm. the Oilers have a diaphanous defense. That sounds like a name for a new wave band from the 80s. That's what I would name my dolphin. 
<laughs> diaphanous the dolphin. Yeah. Hitch would be the last one to use the diaphanous Oilers defense as an excuse, but any expectation of this team competing with teams like Tampa Bay is misguided. But what we should expect is an effort, and last night in the first period, in particular, the effort of several forwards was unacceptable and inveterate in nature. The inveterate, maybe? I, another, I just realized there's another word in there. I'm not sure what the meaning is. We're going to look that up on the fly as well. With players like Nurse playing elevated minutes, the forwards need to be better defensively. That is a text from uh, Bermuda Boy. Uh, I think that's a fair text. And the first period last night, and Rob Brown talked about this on our broadcast last night, there are some players on the Oilers who are playing uh, above their ability level and or experience level. Um, whether you want to look at Gravel, Benning, Jones, those are all guys who are better suited as depth defensemen who have been elevated as high as the second pair in some cases. Or players who have usually been healthy scratches, you know, now playing, if you want to look at uh, Weidman getting into the game last night. But as, as Rob pointed out last night on the broadcast, errors were being made by players on the Oilers who you would expect more responsible play, play from. Lucic not getting the puck out, uh, Reader missing a check, uh, Nurse, I believe, was on for three of the four goals. And, and as Ken Hitchcock said, players getting out of position, you know, chasing the puck to the outside, not being responsible that way, missing back checks. So I think that's a fair comment by Bermuda Boy. And the forwards have to hap- help out. And, and as Hitch has said, you got to pack it in. you got to pack it into the dangerous scoring area in your defensive zone, take that away, and, and then you can hopefully keep stuff to the outside from there. So something to watch as we move along for sure. Jujar Kara will return from his two-game suspension. It's been interesting... Uh, Hitch has been really positive about Kara, and Kara's played pretty well under Ken Hitchcock. He had a streak there where he was almost a point a game. And uh, Hitchcock said yesterday, well, we want Kara to come back on a line with Nugent Hopkins and Pooley-Yarvey, but now today, and again, of course, these could totally change again by tomorrow, but at practice today, we did see Jujar Kara at center. So what's up with that? Well, it's two thoughts. It's where we need him and where he belongs. We... I think we all feel like he's a winger that's doing us a favor by playing center ice. And he's just learning to re... He's relearning playing center ice. It's where he was in junior and in minor hockey, but he's played mostly wing as a pro. And he's been very good for us. And we need a third center right now. So we're going to use him as a third center, and he's going to have to learn on the fly. And that's why we did... Quite frankly, a lot of the drills we did today was specifically for guys like him so that he's used to reads. There's a whole different read playing center ice. I I was really impressed. Again, every time I watch him play, I'm really impressed with his his small ice quickness, his ability to get out of trouble, his escapability on the ice. I'm really impressed with, but playing center ice, things close off a lot quicker than they do on the wing, and... It, there's going to be an adjustment phase here, but it's the we need we need to build a third line here uh, that's competent and that can contribute in both ends of the rink. And for right now, he's the guy that to me is the one player that can go and play in that spot. All right. Well, Hitch is searching, and let's face it, McClellan was searching too. And you know, one of the complaints we got a lot about Todd McClellan was why is he blendering the line so much? Well, guess what? People have started calling in after games and saying about Hitchcock. Why is the coach doing that? Because the roster is not very well equipped, 
and that falls on Peter Shirelli more than it falls on the head coach. So I, I think that's that's pretty clear. I mean, you've had two experienced coaches uh, come in here and for the most part play McDavid and Dreisaitl on the same line, and you've had two coaches come in here and uh, flip other line combinations around a lot in between games and during games, and it's because they don't have reliable players in those positions. And Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, right now, the injuries don't help either. It is 7-13. We'll check in on what could be one of the biggest stories in the country going into 2019 when we get back. Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Thanks, Nuge. Some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down-home Southern comfort food to Edmonton, along with other tasty treats. Salivate over the menu at northchickenyeg.com. Oilers and Sharks tomorrow. 12.30 face-off show, play-by-play starts at 2 here on 6.30. Chad, final inside sports of 2018. One of the stories we'll be following on 29, into uh, 2019, could there be a work stoppage in the little old Canadian Football League? Brian Ramsey is the executive director of the CFL Players Association. Brian, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Thanks, Reid, very much. Uh, doing great this way. How about yourself? Doing very well. It's all. It's always good to have you on the show. Uh, you've been a pleasure to talk to in the past, and obviously uh, you, you're you at the center of what uh, is a pretty big story and, and could become a bigger story, I suppose, as, as we uh, go through the winter and get into the spring. Let's just dive right in, Brian. Obviously, the uh, the, the current deal with the uh, the players in the league is going to expire in the middle of May. From a players' association perspective, and, and I know a lot of people are probably thinking, "Well, the obvious answer is money," but I still got to ask, well, what are what are, is a priority or two for the PA going into these negotiations? Well, I have a number of concerns, and first and foremost is is getting a settlement. Uh, that the believe, uh, players believe is fair uh, and one that addresses and, and satisfies some of those concerns is, is the goal. And and, and within that, I, you know, first and foremost, player uh, player safety and, and the long-term health of, of, of ensuring that players are, are not left behind uh, from injuries uh, sustained while working in, in, in the Canadian Football League. Um, that'll be up front when we discuss. And, and obviously, uh, finances. I think whenever you get into uh, discussions of this nature, you can you can almost drill down to to words and words and money and, and how those affect the conversations. When we talk about player safety, I mean that's that's a hot issue, Brian, with concussions, hits on quarterbacks, uh, bio weeks, all that kind of stuff. But can you explain to me um, how a player who might be injured long term? like perhaps career-ending or something that could keep him out a full season or maybe even a couple. How How is he cared for? What are some insurance issues there? And, and would you like to maybe uh, have a little more available to players who go through something really harsh injury-wise? Well, I think that's something that we've addressed 
very publicly. Uh, right now, in our in our current collective agreement, players are are, are covered for twelve months from date of the injury, and, and we've said it repeatedly that it, that that's inadequate. And, and I think the more conversations we have across the country, provincially, um, with fans, obviously with our members and, and provincial governments, uh, a, a lot of people are feeling the same way. Uh, we believe solutions around that are simple. Uh, and, and, and that it's the right thing to do. Um, so what we're asking for is, uh, you know, players to, to have that protection uh, during their playing career in professional sports, but also beyond, and, and knowing that there's a there's a full life beyond for for our athletes. Okay, so right now a guy would get, but he'd be helped for a year from the date he was injured. That's how it works. That's it. Yeah, okay. and after the, after that twelve month period, uh, the, the obligation, uh, as it currently stands, is, is is over by the club. Okay, are you? I mean, it's been interesting with with Randy Ambrosi as as the commissioner. In, in my mind, from observing it, he's he hasn't been afraid to make changes and, and be proactive. He is an ex player himself. He's he you know he's added the third bye week. Um, like, is is that enough in your mind? Is that appropriate? What, I mean, I know players get paid per game, but. Could we see a you know a shorter season if if they were guaranteed the same amount of money? I mean, what do you look at that sort of a, how the schedule works, bye weeks, intensity of games, all that kind of stuff? I think when you look at it, the healthier our players are, the more rest they have between games. Is it, it, it's really when you look at it, good for everybody. It, it's good for the players because they're they're able to get that rest and rehabilitation they need to perform. But then we start talking about the performance in the game. And, and the quality of play goes up, uh, which the, when you look as a fan, and, and as I'm paying my hard-earned money to, to watch the game, I want to be able to see the athletes perform at the optimal level. So, and, and then the benefit to the, the, the CFL and the clubs as, as their employees are, are healthier, um, you look at that and that's win-win. And you mentioned the, the change to the schedule, and that's, that's been a positive. We took one of our, our concerns of, of the contact and practice to the commissioner last year and we were able to identify that one third of our our head injuries were happening off the game field and and now we've, we've we're just over a year removing and making that change and, and what we found is a drastic reduction in injuries in practice so a 35 percent reduction in practice injuries and what that means again is is we're, we're we're finding less of those long-term injuries, but we're also finding uh, players are, are a lot healthier when it comes, and they're able to recuperate uh, when it comes to playing the games. And, and, and we believe that's uh, a, a simple change that, that has been able to make, and, and again, the right thing to do. Brian Ramsey joining us on Inside Sports. He's the executive director of the CFL Players Association. The CBA between the league and the PA is going to expire on May 15th. So upcoming uh, negotiations going to be a big story here heading into 2019. You know, Brian, there, there's been a lot of speculation with some of the bigger name players. And obviously Mike Riley is here in Edmonton. Um, that they won't sign new contracts until there's a new CBA, which could really create a lot of uncertainty for GMs and, you know, with fans, who's going to be on the team, who are you going to follow and all that kind of stuff. Is that, I mean, you played, is is that, would you encourage players to to wait this out because there could be more money available? They, they want to know the conditions or, or, or is this maybe um, something that's the, the, the discussion around that is maybe a little overblown in your mind. I'm just curious on your perspective. 
Well, not at all. We, we, what we say as an association, uh, confidently to the membership, is each individual circumstance is unique. Um, when we look at different reasons why why players uh, haven't signed, um, it, it could be for different landscapes uh, in their own personal uh, personal lives or timing or in their individual careers. But we also look at the directive, uh, and we've talked about that directive a number of times. Um, and, and, and the incentive for the players to sign um, uh, is not there uh, right now, and, and some players are making that choice not to. So I think there's there's a number of things that have, have sort of played into this. Um, but at the end of the day, from the association standpoint, we we encourage the the membership to make the best decision for them for themselves. Okay, you know uh, a couple other things I want to hit on here quickly. I, this this is curious to me. Um, there's going to be a combine for uh, Mexican players. Now, this is interesting. I don't think this has ever happened before. And if, if guys make the CFL, obviously they'd be part of your uh, association. What do you think of this potential uh, direction for, for finding talent for the Canadian Football League? Well, you know what? What we've been told at this point, Reed, is, is this is a, at the exploratory stage. And, 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 from a player's perspective, if there's if there's a way to increase viewership, increase revenues to the teams, to the leagues, and and ultimately the players, then um, you know I'm I'm confident that we'd be happy to sit down and, and continue these discussions. At this point, as as it is exploratory, um, you know if, if if there is a change that is looking to be made uh, that that would affect the collective agreement, we're happy to sit down and, and discuss it through collective bargaining. Okay, and I guess I should ask this as well. When we get into these types of situations, you know, sometimes things get crazy. Sometimes they get ugly. I know for the CFL, this isn't something that is it has reached the point of a, of a labor stoppage, though I know it, it kind of got close last time and there was speculation something could happen. Do you feel, from a PA perspective, there's... It, like it's a good relationship with the league. Like this is at a, at a productive situation for dialogue, or is it already on the verge of being a little bit of a a staring contest here, where it could maybe veer towards a more acrimonious type of relationship? How would you characterize where that is at right now? Well, I think where we are now, what I think what both sides have, have made an effort to do the last uh, you know year and a half, two years is. Is, is to strengthen that, that relationship, knowing that uh, there's going to be inevitably tough tough discussions uh, in the future. Um, and, you know, it, we're December 2018 right now, and uh, I, I would hope that both sides currently have a goal of, of finding uh, a fair settlement that's, so, you know, that's going to allow both sides to, uh, to, to start 2019 on the right foot. Um, from a, from a player's perspective, uh, I, I'm confident that's our goal is is, is understanding again, uh, finding a settlement that addresses and satisfies the, the, some of the needs and concerns of the players, but also one that uh, realizes the growth and the potential of the, the great league that we all work for. Okay, well, Brian, I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking again about this. Uh, you know, hopefully this uh, keeps heading in a good direction. Thanks for giving us an update and some of the priorities for the CFLPA. All the best in the new year. Thank you, Reed. All the best to you as well. Take care. Story to follow there, Brian Ramsey from the CFL Players Association. Here's a question, and we're going to answer it in the next half hour of the show. How do you grow up in Camrose and wind up living? 
This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. In one of the most beautiful places in the world. Not that Camrose isn't, but anyway, when we get back. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Kyler Yamamoto up from the farm. Alex Chase on on injured reserve. Those are your Oilers headlines today. The Canadians have beaten the Panthers 5-3. Last minute of the third period, the Islanders, a four-goal third. They are going to beat the Senators. It's 6-3 in the final minute. And uh, 15 seconds left in Columbus. The Maple Leafs up 4-2 on the Blue Jackets. Edmonton Oil Kings in action. No score late in the first against the Calgary Hitmen. The Raptors lose 116-87 in Orlando this evening. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. This will be the final segment of Inside Sports for 2018 and we are going to go out with a bang, I hope. <laughs> he's, he's laughing already, but usually he makes people laugh. He's been on the show before. He's from the wonderful community of Camrose, Alberta, though he has traveled all over the world because of his profession as a stand-up comic. It is the one and only Paul Meyerhog in studio. Paul, great to see you. Thanks for having me, Reed. What's happening? Well, it's it's good to have you on the show. There's a lot going on with you yeah. that, that we want to talk about because you're part of a comedy tour. Uh, I, I've seen you. I saw you perform in Lloydminster. It was the... I still remember. I still tell people about the zoo animal sketch, but I don't think we can actually <laughs> yeah. recreate that on air. Uh, but but you were just saying during the break, you have, I would say unintentionally, you have an enemy on Twitter. Yeah, uh, there's a sports writer uh, named. His last name is Meyerberg, and uh, he's he's a U.S. sports writer, and he despises me because uh, Meyerhog and Meyerberg are, are really similar. So uh, people follow him on Twitter and uh, say, "Hey man, when are you coming to?" And he's uh, he, and he freaks out. He's like, "I'm not a comic. We gotta shut this guy down. This is ridiculous." And he, <laughs> <laughs> you, you think he would lighten up, about, or maybe he thinks he's being funny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I don't know. Like, yeah, he he has a, not a sense of humor about it. So uh, that's what. I thought for a ticket uh, giveaway because uh, the Snowden comedy tour, which is the I think the largest comedy tour in Canada now, is coming through to the Citadel Theater. I'm on the tour, and uh, I got four tickets for the fifth person to follow me on Twitter. So follow me on Twitter if you can find me. And we're not going to give away your the spelling of your last name no. yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's an extra four tickets for the twentieth person to follow Meyerberg to piss him off. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Okay, and so, and just to clarify, you're going to handle these tickets. Yes. So don't you'll coordinate with the person Absolutely. when and where to get them. And the Edmonton show is March seventh. March seventh, Citadel Theater, Snowden Comedy Tour. Okay, so what is this? Uh, tell me a little bit about the tour. Is this a bunch of Canadian comics saying we're going to go entertain the whole country? What's going on? Well, it's, this is the 11th year running, so oh, it, wow. was, uh, it was started in uh, British Columbia. Um, this year it's 65 cities. It goes across Canada. So it starts in Prince Rupert, just underneath uh, the Yukon, and goes all the way to uh, the Maritimes. We end in uh, Newfoundland, actually. Wow. Um, so it started off as an excuse for a bunch of us to just snowboard together. And then, uh, <laughs> and, you know, it, it really did. started at Resorts Bar, uh, Resorts 
resort bars and uh, and then it moved into the soft seat theaters and it just it, uh, it just caught fire so now uh, you know we're doing the Royal Theater in Victoria the last it's 1900 seats sell it out uh, it's uh, it's really uh, gained a lot of momentum and uh, and uh, yeah so now we're going across Canada with it uh, and it's a four month long tour now amazing uh, yeah yeah and it Jeez. hits I mean even around here your listenership I mean it's Lloyd Red Deer Fort Mac Athabasca Grand Prairie Edmonton Camrose Lethbridge it's a uh, yeah basically every center and you got, uh, and you got a hitting. website yeah it's the Snowden comedy tour.com and or just uh, give it a Google okay. yeah give it a Google and uh, and it's uh, it's great acts it's uh, you know last year we had Scott Thompson from Kids in the Hall there's Deborah D. Giovanni there's Arch Barker from Flight of the Concords and uh, and I'm one of the guys lucky enough to be a part now of are it. you gonna headline the show in Camrose uh, you well, you're a local hero <laughs> yeah well usually that's funny when we do our hometowns the uh, we usually give each other a break and we give it the third spot because <laughs> it's it's nerve-wracking so my friends and family so um, but uh, but this year yeah I think I'm going to step up to the plate and I'll headline this year in Camrose so uh, and that's at the Bailey Theater so uh, but yeah it's it's you know doing a comedy in front of your uh, people that love you is the worst it's uh, it's so nerve-wracking why you know? I thought it would be because because I always found when I watch stand-up comedy live not that I've done it a lot but my instinct is always to give the comedian the benefit of the doubt like if it's a five or six out of ten joke I'm gonna laugh if he keeps serving up two out of tens okay he's he's gonna lose me so I would think that they're gonna want to laugh yeah, well, they give you that break, and that's such a great Canadian attitude. Because the, the oh, I love that attitude, man. The majority of my career, the last eight years, I've lived uh, overseas. I live in Europe still. I live in France today, and uh, the the attitude in the United Kingdom is not the Canadian attitude. They do not start shows off like, "Hey, let's give them a chance." They start arms folded, like, "You better be funny and fast," and they heckle. Uh, and <laughs> so your attitude is a beautiful Canadian. So attitude. So we are more polite, for sure. Yeah, and uh, and I think your family gives you a big break. Too, but uh, you know, it's just inside of us. Like, if anybody you can see, if you can see a face that you recognize in the crowd, it's uh, it shakes you to your core. It's hard. Kevin texting in. Can you please ask Paul Meyerhog how, with such a beautiful golf swing, he can shoot seventy-eight one day and ninety-eight the next? <laughs> I think you, I think you know who Kevin is. Yeah, Kevin Stobo. Uh, Kevin Stobo is my is my older brother, man, and he he loves your show. He texts in all the time, and uh, he basically taught me uh, taught me how to do stand up comedy. Yeah, he's uh, he's a mentor. He's an unbelievable comedian. He's based out of Calgary, but he's a Red Deer boy, and uh, he's the golf tip guy in Calgary uh, on Shaw Television. Oh, nice. And, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a wonderful guy and my older brother. Great guy. All right, so Paul Meyerhog is here, uh, comedian. Again, the Snowden Comedy Tour. Check that out. It's coming through Edmonton, as he mentioned, a whole bunch of other communities in Alberta as well, over 60 shows across the country uh, if, through the winter and into the spring. So that's really cool you guys are doing that. Now, you, Camrose is where you grew up. You now live in the south of France. Yeah, yes. Like, how does that happen, especially through stand-up comedy? Um, I mean, I realize, like... I don't, unless you're Jerry Seinfeld, I don't associate stand-up comedy, even if you're successful, as a financially lucrative profession. <laughs> Not that I'm expecting you to open your, your bank account, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, well, I did bring my uh, notice of assessment for you. Your ledger is here. There is no doubt. And when you first start out stand-up comedy, there's not a lot of money in that, uh, you know, I, I started off opening for Andrew Gross. Uh, he took me out on the road and uh, and I was making, you know, uh, and he was a generous headliner. He'd, he'd give me a good, uh, a good portion of whatever the show was. Uh, a really generous, paid for all the gas, always 
always paid for your food. He was a great guy. Uh, there's not much when you start, but uh, once uh, you know, I'm 18 years in. Um, I've, I've performed in over 45 countries around the world, and Jeez. and uh, and and headlining. Uh, so yeah, I mean the money's there, and uh, yeah, I got a I got a great life uh, in in the south of France. I got a wonderful uh, gal, Monamore Cecile, and we're we're renovating a house in the, in the south right now. And uh, uh, so she brought me. I lived in London, England before that for five years, and then uh, and then I'm uh, we met uh, through uh, through family actually, and uh, and we decided it would be best if I moved to the south, and I commute for work there. I, I fly basically every weekend to either you know UK, Ireland. Okay, so I, what are some of the countries you performed in this year? You started uh, telling me this. Yeah, that commercial. so this year uh, I've this been um, I perform a ton in Norway. I do a lot of work in Norway. So Norway, Ireland, UK, France, Scotland, Sweden, Denmark, Luxembourg, Belgium, Netherlands, Ibiza, Spain, Cyprus uh, is uh, that was sort of off the top of my head. Okay, so you, I assume you don't speak all those languages. Oh, so are you? Are you? Is it English-speaking audiences in some? Like I know there's some English-speaking nations there, but how, who's your audience? Yeah, it depends. Uh, and and uh, you know, and when there's not a lot of English, like a place like Luxembourg, um, and uh, and uh, so we're doing a lot of expat shows. But in uh, in Norway, um, the I, I usually close the shows in Norway, and uh, the comedy before me is all in Norwegian. Really? And, uh, when I go on last, the whole audience just switches to English along with me. Okay. So I don't know what any other comic has said on the show. Not one punchline. Not one. I don't know what's been talked about. And uh, just walk up and and go for it. So, uh, but they're so bilingual there that uh, that it works. You know. Okay. Yeah. So you don't have to sp- uh, go specifically to a place that has all Canadian tourists or anything like that. No. Yeah. They do a lot of English That's and uh, yeah. And with Netflix and stuff, they're all used to watching uh, you know uh, North American uh, specials. So my accent is actually perfect. It works a lot better than the UK accent because they're uh, they're familiar with it through with uh, with series and stand-up specials do you ever have to did you have to change your set at all like are there different senses of humor with different nationalities or different cultures or do you find most of your stuff works with with almost everybody absolutely change it and, yeah. it, and it was a hard learning curve I spent uh, seven years out like seven years so far and uh, and I got to tell you that it was uh, it was a hard learning curve the first couple of years there was tough for me uh, to get the rhythm in the in the UK uh, when you headline you only do 20 minutes uh, as when you headline here in Canada it's 45 to an hour oh, wow. and so the comedy is rapid fire it's machine gun comedy da 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 joke da 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 joke da 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 joke and we're um, you know Western Canadians sort of that storytelling drawl and uh, and they beat it out of me through heckling and junior like <laughs> the UK that's, that's the feedback you got oh man yeah it was so uh, how do they heckle you Oh, they love joining in. Uh, probably the worst thing that I—it's I, luckily never happened to me, which uh, which I'm very thankful. But the the UK is famous for the slow clap off stage. So if the, if you've lost them, they'll just start clapping like this and slower, and then start speeding up and speeding up, and they won't stop clapping until you've walked off stage. And that's got to be the. And has w- that happened to you? Uh, I've never I, I've never had it happen to me. It's been close, and I'm a little bit more. If I feel it, uh, I'm gonna I'm the type of guy that'll go out in a in a in a in, in the blaze of. Glory. 
glory in a hail of bullets. I yell, <laughs> scream. And uh, so I, I can kind of turn a room sometimes, but I've been on shows, even with other Canadians, where it has happened, and it's, it is horrific. That's the worst thing uh, I've ever seen. But the, the UK crowd, especially the Scottish, um, every show they join in, they, they say something, they test your metal every single show. Okay, so it's... So I guess when you're saying heckling, it's not just we hate you and we want you off the stage. It's we want to see if you can improvise and roll with us. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, and and if you can't, then that's there's blood in the water and you're done. They want. So will they try to anticipate your punchline or throw you off? Like, well, how will they do that? Well, yeah, I mean, the, uh, one thing off the top of my head is uh, I just did, uh, I opened 60 cities uh, for Ed Byrne, which is a big comic uh, name out there, and he he took me on his theater tour. And, uh, and that's tough when you're opening for a famous guy uh you know the crowd sometimes doesn't have a lot of patience for you because they want to see him right so, so i remember i was in leamington spa it was probably a 2000 seater and uh, i was doing my last joke and there's a there's a big pause in it so i the i say uh i'm gonna do an impression now and then there's a big pause and this guy yells out why don't you do an impression of ed burn <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty good. It's a great heckle, yeah. They're really witty, and then uh, and the whole audio like it exploded. You know, he got a good, he got a nice pop, and uh, and uh, yeah. So you can't turtle. You just got to come right back at him. So instead, I, I went over time that night. I was only supposed to do twenty. I think I did twenty five, and I spent about five minutes back and forth with this guy. And really, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't do yeah. They're uh, and he wasn't he wasn't angry at you. Like he didn't think you were a bad comedian. No, they just if there's a moment for them to to jump in, they're gonna jump in and. Uh, <laughs> that is very because Canadian. Most Canadians wouldn't do that. We'd be like, well, well, maybe we'll just. It's his show. We probably shouldn't. You know, I'll just. I'll just knit while. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And even if it's not going well in Canada, they'll still laugh for to make you feel better. They'll yep. still kind of chuckle and be like, oh, we don't want to be too awkward. And it's nice. It's a beautiful audience, and I miss it so much. <laughs> <laughs> but the Scots are some of the. I guess vicious isn't the right word, but they'll they're the they're the testiest, I guess. Is that oh the yeah, way yeah, put it? yeah. The piss takers, they say. <laughs> right. they, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, testiest. That, that northern anywhere in the northern UK, uh, Newcastle, another one that comes to mind. That's uh, the last time I was in Newcastle. That was uh, during World Cup, and it, I was there uh, when England got tossed. And uh, oh, right. uh, uh, half the sports bar across the street came into the comedy club. Uh, on the first break, they had kicked out 110 people, <laughs> and the doorman was sitting in his office crying crying a bouncer was crying because they i mean they're rough it is rough up there that is amazing paul meyerhog joining us in studio stand-up comedian native of camrose now living in france and as he's telling you performing all over europe have you ever uh like can you turn the audience against uh uh, uh, like maybe a more vicious heckler sometimes, or is that tough to do? Like uh, if a guy just says something that's obviously maybe not funny, like more rude, will you like try to, you know, get everybody back oh, at him? Absolutely, yeah. And I think over the career of any comedian, I think we all go through. We make the mistakes. We go too hard at him, uh, you know, way too hard at him. And then the whole audience is like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah, you're a professional. Yeah, don't pick on. on him. Yeah, yeah, don't be a jerk, man. So, <laughs> you know, so you kind of, in my younger days, I would go way too hard, way, way too hard. But now, uh, you know, uh, uh, Carrie Unger and Kevin and, and Andrew and all the guys, that all you really got to do is ask questions and uh, keep on, you know, asking questions and asking questions. Eventually, they'll walk into a bear trap and, and, uh, and, <laughs> uh, and 
and you have the microphone, you have the power. I mean, the, you, you, it's pretty hard to lose out to a, to a heckler, and you can really get away with just with speed. If, you, if you're quick on your response, it doesn't really even have to be right. funny. Because they're get, probably yeah. going to peter out after. Exactly. Usually they have one line. Yeah. You have a couple hundred. Yeah. They have one, and they, spend, <laughs> yeah. they lead with it, right? That's for all for they sure. have. For sure, for sure. <laughs> Paul Meyerhog in studio. We're going to uh, take a quick timeout. Inside Sports on 630 Chat. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. Oilers and Sharks tomorrow on 630 Chad. Kyler Yamamoto's up from the farm. Alex Chason is on injured reserve. 1230 face-off show here on 630 Chad, and the game will start at 2. Paul Meyerhog is in studio, stand-up comic, part of the Snowden Comedy Tour. This is amazing. What did you say? Sixty-five shows? Yeah, it's over sixty cities in uh, wow. uh, in across Canada this year. Yeah. All right, and you're in Edmonton March seventh. You start in Prince Rupert January second. Uh, so uh, amazing Canadian talent being showcased all across the country. We're, we're talking to you about how you wound up living in France, doing comedy all over uh, Europe after uh, growing up in, in good old Camrose, so you're back home for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, my missus uh, Cecile and I, we came from uh, two weeks early Christmas with my family, and uh, I was just at the water park with uh, my oh. niece and nephew, Mac and Reina, and my sister Danielle, uh, just today. So we so, did... Uh, so here's the question. So you're in Europe, and you obviously don't hide the fact you're Canadian, I don't see why you would. What is a common question Europeans will ask you about Canada? Uh, well, this is interesting. Uh, and pl- by the way, when I'm on stage in Europe, I say I'm from Canada within the first four seconds of being on stage <laughs> for every time because you can feel the audience breathe easy because of my accent and they think I'm American right away. And I say, hey, I just moved from Canada and they go, oh, okay, we can like this guy. <laughs> it is no doubt. We all do it, every Canadian. So, um, but <laughs> in the green rooms, uh, oddly enough, uh, every um, everybody that's starts talking about Canada, the question that I get more often, and I always point them to uh, Ice Guardians, is about fighting and hockey. Really? And all the green rooms. Everybody wants to talk to me about hockey fights. It's uh, it's incredible. They, they find it, and, and when I tell them more of like, you know, the enforcer role and how it actually is a self-policing game and stuff, we I've had more hours of conversation about hockey fighting than anything else. Well, it is unique. Yeah, and they see it. All they yeah. see is highlights, and they just think, these barbaric lumberjacks out there, what are you doing? And then it's fun explaining to them how it fits in the game. And, uh, you know, I get, a, I get abused at the Oilers game. I just went to that St. Louis game, and uh, my jersey, uh, my Oilers jersey is uh, 36 Dennis Bonvey. That's nice. the Oilers jersey. And so, <laughs> and, I, and I get razzed. I get razzed all the time. <laughs> but I get, I mean, I, I get it, because in most sports, if you even throw a punch, if you don't connect, you're mm-hmm. kicked out of the game. Yeah. And probably suspended for the next game or two. Yeah. But no, in hockey, it's like, okay, go sit by yourself for five minutes and then come back. You might score a goal. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're trying to explain how that works to people. Yeah. yeah. And I'm trying to explain it's too dangerous of a game. We have sticks. It's, uh, you know, it has to be self policing. I mean, one of the biggest things in France was that headbutt. Do you remember? Is it uh, in yeah, the, the 06 yeah. World Cup? Yeah. 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 So they're talking to me about that. And I said, that's like, that's that's practice. Like, that would just be a practice. <laughs> that was international news forever, you know? Yeah. And uh, so they, they really find it interesting that that side of the sport uh how is it following the oilers over there it's t- 
stuff, um, especially my cable package in France. Actually, I got to talk to uh, my gal about that. But uh, they, uh, they uh, you're lucky to get an NFL game once in a while. So uh, I got, uh, you know, I got center ice, and uh, I'll, I'll stay away from the scores, and I'll watch it in the morning if I got time. And I read a lot more now, uh, and uh, and listen to podcasts. I listen to to you and stuff, uh, or there's now all the time. And uh, uh, so yeah, I, I read and uh, read articles and keep up with it. But uh, it's not the same. It's not like the highlight packages. I could I could go to a hotel here, turn on TSN, and then just I could watch the same loop right. over and over and over. But uh, yeah, so I gotta I gotta hunt for it. I gotta mine for What's it. What's number two to soccer there? Uh, well, in my region, it's rugby. It's a huge oh, rugby okay. region, and uh, like my brother-in-law is uh, a professional rugby player in Japan, and he's from there. Oh, nice. and, uh, yeah, it's all that's. It's actually my region. Rugby is uh, is king, even over uh, over football, even over yeah. soccer. So yeah. when people ask you about hockey fighting, aren't you like, uh, have you guys seen rugby? Uh, <laughs> like they're not even wearing equipment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's way more violent. There's no concussion concerns, or <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you think we're weird? <laughs> uh, okay, again, how do people uh, find out more? about the uh, tour? Uh, SnowdenComedyTour.com on my website PaulMeyerHog.com all the dates are up there all the ticket info uh, you know follow us on Twitter and uh, like I said I'll give We should now give out the spelling of your last name Uh, Yeah okay let's do it it's uh, M-Y-R-E-H-A-U-G Mirahog and uh, so hit me up on Twitter Can you do we're in the final 40 seconds of the show but can you do that bit why you have why you should have gone into the military with a name like that? Oh yeah Meyerhog (laughs) (laughs) perfect name for the drill sergeant. It is perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. What is wrong with you, Meyerhog? Get that baby off your chest. It does not bring your child to work day, Meyerhog! You know, that's perfect. <laughs> Paul, thanks for dropping by. Thanks for having me. That is Paul Meyerhog, wonderful guest on Inside Sports. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer this evening, and Dave Campbell is the producer of the show. Uh, 16 minutes left in the third period. Russia up 2-1 on the Czech Republic at the World Juniors. I will talk to you at 12.30 tomorrow afternoon, and our game broadcast starts at 2, the Oilers and the Sharks. Have a great weekend, folks. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.